The jazz age is in full swing, but Cassiopeia Tun is too busy cleaning the floors of her wealthy grandfather's house to listen to any fast tunes. Nevertheless, she dreams of a life far from her dusty small town in southern Mexico, a life she can call her own. Yet, this new life seems as distant as the stars until the day she finds a curious wooden box in her grandfather's room. She opens it and accidentally frees the spirit of the Mayan god of death, who requests her help in recovering his throne from his treacherous brother. Failure will mean Cassiopeia's demise, but success could make her dreams come true. Welcome to Treat Your Shelf, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Hannah. And I'm Christina. And this month we are discussing Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Yay! So as always, let's start off with some non-spoiler reviews. Christina, what did you think of this book? Wow. Um, I really enjoyed this book, Hannah. Nice pick. Yay! Gosh, I just, like, loved the entire structure of the book, the Mexican fairy tale, the journey throughout Mexico, characters that they meet, I thought were just so lovely and well-developed, even if they just met them for a short time. Uh, Zibulba, the underworld, is just such a finely crafted world and just so unique and interesting and Every little description of it, I just so thoroughly enjoyed every little bit of it. It was just, I don't know, such, it was such a fairy tale and like in every way, um, I really liked it and it was nice to see like, uh, like a Mexican fairy tale for once. It was really awesome and like to get to know this Mayan mythology that we don't often get introduced to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, how about you, Hannah, since this was your pick? I liked this book. I thought Cassiopeia was a great character. Uh, I liked the, I guess, to put it simply, like the road trip aspect of it. Yeah. Um, where, that she goes on with Hunkame. Um, The gods aspect uh, was, like, the gods among us aspect was fantastic. I think mm-hmm. my absolute favorite part about this book is the ending. I thought it was wrapped up perfectly, and I kind of think I would have been annoyed yeah. if it had ended any differently. Mm-hmm. That being said, I could see others having, like, the exact opposite <laughs> opinion and being annoyed with with the ending right but yeah I thought the relationships within the book were great and all in all it was a good read I enjoyed it yeah no I thought it wrapped up perfectly as well Mm -hmm. yeah I think she stayed true to her character throughout the entire novel like I don't think she was ever compromising Mm -hmm. and I really like that about her how she was written Mm -hmm. yes yeah I agree yeah. Alrighty then. Well, then now it's time for our spoiler-filled discussion. So if you have not read Gods of Jade and Shadow, pause this episode. Get your hands on the book in whatever way is easiest for you. Then come back and listen. Uh, if you have read the book or you don't care about being spoiled, then go ahead and keep listening. So, yeah. I mean, we start off meeting Cassiopeia and how she's not in a very great living situation. 
her grandfather is not very kind. Her father passed away when she was younger. Like, her cousin Martine is just a jerk. Yeah. It's very Cinderella at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that it was set in 1927. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, really... For me, it's a really hard age to grasp, especially in Mexico. Okay. Um, Like, for me, it's it's hard to imagine what life was like then in America, kind of. And then, like, especially in Mexico. I think it's because like our education system in general was like really <laughs> lacking like what that time period was like what you didn't you know learn all about flappers in the jazz age in school <laughs> i mean or is that yeah all that about the jazz age in school <laughs> i guess that's maybe like all we learned and like maybe the dust bowl <laughs> i think that's when this happened right, dust bowl. <laughs> Leading into the Great Depression. Great Depression, Prohibition. But like, what was day-to-day life like, you Mm. know? And especially for someone in Mexico, like... Yeah, I thought it was so interesting, the descriptions we would get throughout the book that would remind us that it is the jazz age, Mm because she would describe, like, the girls in the city with their shorter, like, hair, and and the dresses are stylized more like the flapper dresses, and... So you kind of get this, like, yeah, for her, where she's currently living, that hasn't really come in. And I think partly it's also kind of a religious thing where you've got the priests or whatever who are like, yeah, no, don't, don't behave that way. That's not a proper way for a lady to behave. And then you've got the little more freedom of, of the cities and the women there who get to express themselves that way. Right. And I found myself drawing a lot on like the telenovelas that I had seen growing up like when I was trying to picture (laughs) like you know the case system and like yeah like all the lower class people they were always darker and you know for sure they always referred to the the indigenous people as Indians and and then the upper class people that had more Spaniard blood and were whiter and like that's always the case in all the telenovelas and (laughs) You know, just so I saw myself trying to draw on that knowledge a lot. I was like picturing that whenever she's like cleaning and like all the drama was going on around her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's we get the description, we get the colorism and the racism that's going on with her because we know that Cassiopeia's father was indigenous. Uh, and then you've got Martine, mm-hmm. who's being described as, you know, the lighter skinned, the more European features um, that mm-hmm. her family values, you know, like that, that's what they should, that's what they should be. And then that there she is with her father's blood in her and then they're all like yeah. looking down on her for that yeah exactly uh, yeah so yeah we just have a lot of interactions of her and her family and again that cinderella-esque thing and then uh martine being like yeah well grandfather's not going to leave you any money he says he is but he's not going to like mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna be continue to be punished for all of these slights that you've done against me how dare you even say one thing against me i am the man or i will be the man of this place you shall listen to me uh he's so obnoxious yeah so obnoxious and we do get chapters from his point of view which i think are really well placed in the Mm -hmm. novel and when they're placed at the beginning of the novel you're like uh, I don't care what he says yeah. at all. You come to you come to find out why 
he becomes a prominent character in the novel. He's the main protagonist against her. But yeah, at first you're just like, gosh, he's so obnoxious. All he cares about is wealth and himself. And gosh, he's just so indignant. Mm -hmm. And she's, of course, so stubborn and strong-headed, strong-willed. She slaps him at some point. She hits him with a stick at another. Yeah, when they were younger, yeah. (laughs) Yes, of course she's punished. And the main reason Martine hates her is because in front of both him and her, her grandfather, their grandfather says that she, he wishes Cassiopeia was a male. You do get that background on Martine and it's kind of like, yeah, that is pretty crushing to hear that, you know, your grandfather is kind of settling for you just because of just mm-hmm. the way that your cousin was born uh, as a female. But I don't know, Martine's still awful <laughs> throughout. He's not yeah. the greatest. He does, he, I don't know, he has some moments where he does kind of, I guess, redeem himself, but he is very entrenched in his way of thinking. I would say even when he redeems himself, he's sniveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he tries to think that he's this, like, alpha male, like, in charge, and he's not. He's not that at all. Yeah. He's constantly crying and yes. just... <laughs> He gets so upset so quickly anytime Cassiopeia, like, looks at him wrong. Like, oh, she's looking down on me. (laughs) Like, no one respects you. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Just awful. Uh, But because she slaps him on the most recent occasion or whatever, she's not allowed to go to the cenote with her family and a cenote is a sacred place it's like a holy cave well a water cave where they make sacrifices to gods for goodwill and it sounds like the grandfather is dying of cancer possibly possibly yeah he's definitely very sick uh throughout this and you know he's not really long for this world yeah so they are they make frequent trips to the cenote and they have you know, day-long picnics, he bathes in the water and hopes to regain some sort of strength from the gods that way. And um, because she slaps Martine, he cries to his mom and Cassiopeia has to stay home doing chores that day Mm -hmm. instead of going to the cenote with them. Uh, And that's where she stumbles upon her grandfather's sacred chest Yes, she, her grandfather has this key that, you know, usually never leaves his person. He always has it. But on this occasion, he has left it in his room. And, you know, there's this mysterious chest. There's an image of a decapitated man on it. You know what? Gotta open that up. You know what you find? There are bones in that chest. Oh, no. But you know what she's going to do? She's going to dig through those bones because maybe there's something under there. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe there's gold coins. Maybe. But no, she gets a bone splinter instead. Yeah. (laughs) She is so icky. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. The worst. The bone splinter becomes embedded in her hand. And the bones start to form into a man. A very naked man. (laughs) A very naked man. And this man is the god of death Mm -hmm. in Mayan legend, Hunkame, Mm -hmm. who 
the grandfather is holding captive for some reason. Yeah, I, I think Hunkame pretty much, like, immediately gives us a lot of information. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and very regal, and is like, you stand before the Supreme Lord of Shibaba. And then, like, goes into, yeah. like, you freed me, but it was my treacherous brother, Vukubkame, who who tricked me and imprisoned me. And whoever owns this house assisted him. So... Then yeah. it's like, oh man, what did Grandpa get into when he was younger? <laughs> exactly. And now you are tied to me forever until we complete this mission. I need an eye, a finger, mm-hmm. uh, an ear, my jade necklace. I need all this stuff uh, before I'm whole. And you cannot leave my side until I have all this stuff. And oh yeah, if we don't get it in time, you die. Yep, your your blood's nourishing me right now, and you know what? It's gonna continue to nourish me, and it's gonna kind of deplete. So we kind of we gotta we gotta get moving here. Yeah, and she's just like, uh, I get to leave this place. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's kind of a big deal. Like, she's been wanting to leave, uh, mm-hmm. but I do still think there's still, like, I don't know if there's, like, hesitancy on her part, but she's just like, okay, like, this is my chance. I'm gonna gonna get to explore the wide world. Perfect. Okay. Where are we yeah. going? Going to a demon's house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like at every step of the way, like, and even in this first step, She's more worried about what the priest of the town is going to think. She's like, I'm traveling with a man and we're not even married. She's worried about that a lot. (laughs) What what is the priest going to think? And, oh, it's so unbecoming of a woman. And, you know, like, she's just very wrapped up in this. Eventually she is like, well, if mine gods exist... That means there's several gods. And so is the priest even right about only one god existing? Like, so she does make that connection eventually and is like, okay, I guess I don't care as much. But she is still like at every turn kind of held back by her by her priest, which isn't the word I'm thinking of. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Modesty. Held back by her modesty. There we go. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, they they make it to Lorraine's home. He's this demon, and you know what? He knows where uh, Hunkame's ear is, but he wants something in return. He's a demon. Of course, he has to strike a deal. Uh, he he wants to be able to travel the, the black road of Shibaba again. He wants that open to him because Hunkame had, like... And Hunkame says, like, okay, yeah, I'll... I'll I'll let you back in if I regain my throne. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they have to go to uh, Mamlob, the weather gods, who have the mm-hmm. ear in Veracruz. She also gets to go on like a shopping. She gets new clothes. Uh, yeah. um, Lorraine like explains some things to her and kind of gives her this idea of like you know you you could get out of this. You, you don't really have to stick with him. You you just have to chop off your hand. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. No one can really wound you right now, but, like, you could do it yourself. Yeah. She's not too keen on that idea right now. Right. But she keeps the idea in the back of her head, just in case. 
Pit. And we also get, in, in addition to getting Martine's uh, point of view every once in a while, we'll get Vukub Kame's point of view. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I need, to, I need to check in on my brother who's in a trunk. Surely he's in a trunk still. He's in that chest. Gonna gonna send my raven to go check. You know, the raven finds the bones. Okay, cool. Everything's great. But it's like, oh, wait, Hunkame is like super gifted with illusions. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he visits, he's like, okay, I have to go visit the grandpa. I have to go visit him and, and make sure that everything is okay. And it's not. He's like, oh my gosh, you, you humans are useless. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of nice for once to see the grandfather squirm. Yes. Yeah. So Vukub Kame opens up the chest and the bones are gone. And at first, like I thought, oh, he's definitely just going to kill everyone there like he's so angry he's just gonna murder everyone but instead he tries to get the grandfather first to chase down Cassiopeia but the grandfather's like he starts to play up his frailty a little bit he grabs his cane and he's like I'm too weak my lord (laughs) and instead he gets Martine yeah (laughs) and uh Martine is like, well, I've already, I've always hated my cousin. So yeah, I can hunt her down. She always listens to me because I'm the man of this house. So <laughs> she'll listen to me for sure and come home right away. Fukukame is like, all right, sure, you can work for me. I'm not sure if he really is like totally <laughs> sold on this dude, but. <laughs> he wasn't sold on the grandpa. He, I think one of the things he says is like, I forgot how dull you were. <laughs> like... Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I mean, he's giving a really important task to these people who he's very much not impressed with. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't yeah. really have too many other human options, I don't think, at this point. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of stuck with Martine. <laughs> For real. Stuck with Martine. <laughs> no one wants to be stuck with Martine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Vukub Kame is, like, really scary looking, though. Like, the image of him portrayed... I mean, you can imagine based on like the carvings you've seen of like Mayan gods, they all look kind of scary. But then he has like this pale, you know, hair and like ash eyes that just are super piercing. And I just feel like he's, I don't know, he just looks like a monster, Mm. you know? Yeah. Definitely scary looking. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he is the like lord of death he's the one who's currently the ruler of shibaba mm-hmm. even though he, he took that from hunkame and he wants to keep it that way he has his grand plan that you yeah. know yeah <laughs> <laughs> the next chapter like goes back to following uh hunkame and cassiopeia on a boat trip to veracruz from Medita. And, you know, it's just them kind of, like, bonding, I guess. Yeah. We find out that the gods are from an asteroid and then formed by human thoughts, you know, to kind of become what they are today. I'm like, so they're kind of like aliens? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like the more that people believe in them, the more power they hold type of thing so they don't have as much power now because not as many people Mm -hmm. worship or or really believe in them anymore Uh, which is kind of what Vukub Kame is trying to 
change, like forcefully change, like bring his yeah. rule to the surface. Hunkame is more like, yeah, let's just keep things the way it is. I was fine with it the way it was. Yeah, because it sounded like he kind of was expanding the kingdom of Shibaba, like in the underworld. Like he was expanding that kingdom in the underworld. And they were kind of like thriving there and doing mm-hmm. just fine. There was some sort of like duality and balance there. Mm-hmm. And everything was at peace. And Shibaba, as it stands, was is underneath the Yucatan. And so that's where his power resides. So we find out later that becomes a problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, Kame and uh, Cassiopeia, they're pretty cute. We do hear from like a couple of different people throughout the book about how, you know, as she's tethered to Hunkame, he's tethered to her. And so kind of like her humanity is going into him and his like godliness is going into her. So they're kind of having this trade of not necessarily essence. personality, but like, yeah, essence. I Throughout the story, you see Hunkame become more and more human as opposed mm-hmm. to godlike. And there's a very definite shift in who he is as that happens. Like he starts to be able to have more emotions than he would just as the god of death and and you get to see that and explore that uh, and what happens between him and her throughout the story which i thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah for sure we go back to martine every now and then trying he's just upset (laughs) he's just i didn't even take notes honestly on this next chapter he just whines yeah yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. He uh, he whines. Um, we learn a little bit more about like what happened in the past for his grandfather to like trap uh, Hunkame, but and and we learn that there are these like sorcerer brothers that are involved as well. So that's really the main thing. Yeah. We we yeah. don't get much from Martine, just him whining. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, Cassiopeia, <laughs> Cassiopeia and Hunkame arrive in Veracruz and she learns that she's going to have to lure and seduce one of the Mamlab brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the weather gods and bind him with this magic rope. And then that's when they're going to like ambush him and take the ear back. Mm-hmm. and really it wasn't hard to seduce this guy <laughs> like no um, it wasn't <laughs> she's just walking in carnival <laughs> it's like, almost in... like instantly where he finds her <laughs> and it really takes no effort and i think hunkame was like it's really not gonna take any effort. like it's gonna be fine you can do yeah. this and meanwhile she you know She still has all of these things in her head. She's still thinking about her modesty. She's still thinking about um, what people in her hometown uh, would say about her, you know, still thinking that, you know, she isn't considered beautiful because she's darker skinned. So would this Lord of Thunder even pay attention to her? He did. Mm -hmm. He instantly went for her. Yeah. And Hunkami did say that she does have some of this god essence about her and that is gonna like draw him in a little bit faster but i mean like come on this took like two seconds yeah he literally was like do you have any matches on you as he like takes a lighter out of his pocket Mm -hmm. to light a cigarette (laughs) 
she she does well. She she ties up his hands and and captures him very easily. All while retaining every inch of her modesty. Yeah. And uh, I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so then Hunkame is like, okay, now I'm here, gonna <laughs> threaten him a bit, you know, you're gonna be cold, you gotta give me my ear, and yeah, he does, he he gives him his ear. <laughs> like, that. That's not, that's been the easiest part of their mission so far. Things are looking pretty good, not going too terribly for them. Yeah, exactly. They even get the location of the next piece of essence, or I don't know, uh, the next... Yeah, 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 yeah. What is it? His finger. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and who has it? Yeah, they get who has it and where it is, which is Mexico City, I believe, and super easy quest. So they hop on a train to Mexico City. They have uh, a cute moment, and Hunkame laughs. <gasps> He's becoming <gasps> human becoming human humanity is infecting him and he said he laughed because cassiopeia reminded him of a funny monkey (laughs) (laughs) maybe not the best line he could have said but (laughs) sounded like something like uh a god would say (laughs) like uh Mm, fair you know a little insensitive and uh (laughs) Maybe not correct, but, uh... But yeah, Vukukame is still, you know, spying on his brother, and it's that laughter. He's like, aha, okay. He's, I, I heard his laughter. My owl grabbed his laughter. I know he's turning human. Yes. This is one of the details that I really loved. Okay, so he has owls that, like, spy for him, because gods typically can't hang out in the middle world where the humans reside. And so he has owls that spy for him. The owl captured the laughter in a seashell and brought the seashell down to Shibalba for Vukukame to listen to. And so Vukukame holds the seashell up to his ear to listen to the laughter and it makes him so mad he crushes the seashell in his hand. Ugh. I don't know why, I just loved it. It was really good, because, yeah, again, he he knows this is a sign that his brother is uh, turning human, and he does, he wants Hunkame to turn fully human. That's part of his his plan. That's part of his evil plan. But he's still Mm -hmm. very much like, yeah, no, this isn't great, because I feel like in the book it describes it where he felt that the laugh should be the symbol of his weakness, of Hunkame's Mm -hmm. weakness, but instead it was somehow symbolizing strength instead, and he was like, this is not good. Also, Vukukame has, like, the gift of prophecy, and so throughout the book he'll continue to kind of, like, check in on what he sees for the future and now he's continually running into Cassiopeia's face and not being able to see a complete victory for himself so he's he's a bit worried but but you know what he sends an owl back to spy on Hunkame some more and also sends a larger owl to Martin to take him to Mexico City (laughs) yes Oh my god. <laughs> I wanted to think of the owl as just picking up Martine and taking him, but I do think he rides the owl. <laughs> do you think he rides on the owl's back, but it would just be funny if the owl just like scooped him up? <laughs> yeah. 
Little Martine. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> oh my god. So crazy. Anyways. <laughs> they make it to Mexico City. Yay! Uh, and Punkame, he's like, okay, I, I need to get me some scissors, some matches. We're gonna summon a ghost. I need you to cut your hair. All of it. Like, all of it. To your chin. Flapper style. I I might not have realized that you've been really debating this in your head, this entire story about the flapper style hair, but this yeah. is what I need you to do. And how your priest would hate it. Mm-hmm. Not modest for a woman to do that. Yeah. She has a freak out. She's crying. She throws a temper tantrum, which, ugh. I mean, I get it. Like, for her, like, the, her hair is the only thing that anyone has ever given her a compliment on and for someone who has been in like in servitude to her own family for for like her whole life that's a big deal and this whole journey he has been constantly asking a lot of her oh yeah and now he's asking her for her luscious locks Mm-hmm. and this is a huge deal eventually she just grabs the scissors from him and like does it herself and it's super choppy yeah. and oh so sad but she takes the hair and like gives it to him and they start the ritual mm-hmm. they're they're gonna summon the ghost uh Hunkame, you know holds her hands like you gotta promise me you're not gonna look the ghost in the eyes ghosts are hungry it will not end well i will say throughout this book i feel like there were a lot of times i know this happens in books all the time but there were a bunch of moments where hunkame would tell her specifically do not do this thing and then she would almost immediately do that thing (laughs) oh yeah oh absolutely i mean books movies very tv shows It happens all the time. I mean, the fact that she does it right away is not surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, the second she said the color of the eyes, I'm like, okay. What have you done? <laughs> okay. Stop. Like, she was like, they don't have eyes. I'm like, stop looking to see if they have eyes. <laughs> Look at the ground. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh. I mean, these ghosts are scary. Oh, she's also not supposed to let go of his hand. Yes. She and does that too. <laughs> she covers her mouth for a scream. She can't use her free hand. She has to use the hand that was holding his. <laughs> Ugh, yes. And ghosts, they love eating human bones, teeth, hair. And of course, they're unsatisfied with the hair uh, offering. And they're like, can't we just eat her bones and teeth? And... They have these, like, long, lapping tongues that, like, go down to the floor. And they kind of reminded me of, uh, oh, the ghosts in Luigi's Mansion. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever played that game, but uh, that's what I was picturing. Pretty cute, but also kind of (laughs) scary. But yeah, of course, she, when she lets go of his and and looks into their eyes she's all alone with them and they're like yes <laughs> let us eat you yeah doing weird things with their tongues 
you know. But she yeah. does remember in time before they can do anything. She closes her eyes. She's back with Hunkame. They do give, the ghosts do give them the information they were looking for. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you need to head to uh, Shabai's abode. But, of course, you know, it's not going to be that simple. They need to do something else before they can do that. They need to, to get a necklace to offer uh, to Shabai. And, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Cassiopeia is like, okay, you, we're going to split off. I need to go to a hairdresser, fix my hair, have somebody who actually knows what they're doing, kind of fix it up. You go back to the hotel, Hunkame, it'll be fine. But then Martine has caught up with them. Yes. Oh my God. He corners her in the street. You know, okay, there was never a moment where he was like, oh, I didn't even recognize her because her hair was so short. And yeah, no. <laughs> that was surprising for me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Honestly, um, he probably didn't even notice that she got a haircut. I have to say, there have been many times <laughs> where I've had super long hair, done like the chop off to have enough to donate, and then my father did not notice. <laughs> Oh, oh, Uncle Pat. Hunkame <laughs> uh, buys Cassiopeia a silver bracelet. Mm. And it's the first thing of value she's ever owned. And it's really sweet. But he's still like kind of a god. And I feel like he doesn't really think it's sweet. You know, he's just kind of like, oh, she saw it and she liked it so Uh i'm gonna buy it for her you know anyway so yeah so and then martine run well he doesn't run into her he stalks her and he finds her after the owl drops him off at the hotel across the street from theirs Mm -hmm. and um at the request of vuku kame he tries to convince her to meet with him and of course Cassiopeia is not going for it. At this point, she's totally on Hunkame's side. Mm-hmm. Um, Martine even tries to convince her that if he, if she moves to their side, once all this is over, she'll be completely accepted into the family, no longer a servant. She'll, you know, by doing this, they'll save the family. At this point, if Hunkame wins, the family's going to get murdered by Vukukame. And everything's going to be a disaster. And she just absolutely doesn't care. I mean, Mm -hmm. the family has done nothing for her her entire life. And I mean, why should she do anything to repay them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't owe Vukukame a meeting. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Not at all. So yeah, she manages to get away from Martine and go back to Hunkame and and tell him everything that happened. <laughs> like yeah, you know this is what happened. I really don't want to go back um, to my at least not to my old home, possibly not to my old life. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with what we're doing here. Like let's keep yeah. this going. <laughs> exactly. They then proceed with their meeting with Shatavi Shatabai and. Uh, there's all this like pomp and circumstance behind it. She's obviously really important mm-hmm. or um, at least is surrounded with some sort of decorum. They bring this gift to her 
and she allows them to meet with her because of the gift has some sort of specific meaning meaning mm-hmm. to it i guess cassiopeia introduces everyone and then is instructed to stand by the door mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep at that one point during their meeting is when she reveals like you know what Ukukame has offered me the position of consort and is gonna make me a god. Every it's it, everything's gonna be really great for me. And now mm-hmm. Hunkame is like slurring, and Cassiopeia is like, "What is happening?" Yeah, even more so when the plants start attacking her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote down that she's like some sort of like poison ivy love spell lady. <laughs> Because then she starts like, Hunkame, well, like, maybe if you make me your queen, then maybe I'll, you know, move to your side instead. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like, uh, maybe that's a good idea. Like, obviously, like, under some sort of spell. Yeah. And Cassiopeia is like, what is happening? She's like trying to fight off all these vines that are like wrapping around her. Mm-hmm. And she finally like breaks off or yeah part of a vase and like proceeds to cut one which mm-hmm. she realizes then cuts uh jitabai mm-hmm. and so she's like huh okay so she starts to do like struggle mm-hmm. a bit more she bites it which forms a bite mark on shitabai's arm it's not until she yells hunkame's name that mm-hmm. the spell is broken yeah and shitabai's like oh man like this girl has some power yeah. over him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, they're, yeah. They're able to get the finger back, uh, ask who has the the last piece, and she tells them that, you know, they need to go to El Paso, uh, that the Y Chivo is what they need to look for next. The ghost goat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Waichibo means. <laughs> yes. Very intimidating. Remember, we, just... <laughs> we just got Martine trying to talk to Vukukame. <laughs> he gets Darth vader <laughs> Gets ghost choked by him mm-hmm. for failing in his mission. You've done a terrible job, but you know what? gonna send you to Baja California uh, to Tierra Blanca on the wings of the owl not held like we both would want (laughs) to be held like a little baby Um, and it's like okay you know what there's something else you can do for me you can learn how to walk the shadow roads because I'm I'm kind of thinking Vukukame is kind of thinking like okay it might come down to some kind of competition I'm thinking you need to know how to walk the roads go there um and you'll be taught how to do it mm-hmm. yep for cousin showdown mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep so then it's a Vukukame chapter right afterwards he needs to uh, follow up with uh, Shatabai to figure out what happened when Hunkame mm-hmm. and Cassiopeia came through to visit. He's not pleased that they came through so quickly. 
Mm-hmm. And he does find out that he's becoming, Hunkame is becoming a lot more human. Something about Cassiopeia being reflected in his eyes. Um, and the fact that she was able to break Shatabai's right. spell so quickly. Yeah, yeah. He he's doing some more of his prophesizing. He sees all these paths, but he doesn't really see him winning as much anymore. Um, he does see his brother on the throne, and he does know that his brother is incredibly focused on Cassiopeia at this point. Yeah, and Fukukame is just killing animals left and right. Like whenever he just needs to scry something, he mm-hmm. just like takes like he just took Shatabai's like favorite parrot, yeah, at its throat you know spilled some blood all of its blood on the ground and is like tell me you know the future and its blood and like shataba is like crying in the background like oh my parrot Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and in the underworld he's just ruthless like killing animals left and right but i mean they're already dead so i guess it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah he's ruthless the next chapter begins with Hunkame sleeping. Yes. He's actually sleeping. Gods mm-hmm. don't sleep. Not a godly activity. And we Uh-oh. find out later that he was even dreaming, which is Whoa. even worse. He didn't even know what dreams were at the beginning of this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, yes. Oh, Hunkame. Yeah. So innocent and yet so old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's been around for a very very long time but he also hasn't had these human emotions before and i think as as he's described in the book as he becomes more and more human he's you know looks less and less godlike and starts to instead look like a young man almost of mm-hmm. the same age as cassiopeia but still i mean he has been around for much longer than she has yeah. But he's he's very new to these experiences, though, and these feelings. Mm-hmm. This is where we also learn more about the Yucatan being the center of Shibalba and mm-hmm. how Vukub Kame is stationing, you know, these people who are holding his essences in certain places to draw him further away from Yucatan on purpose. Mm-hmm. So that the further away he gets from the center of his power, the weaker he's going to get. So the closer he gets to Baja, the weaker he gets, and the more human he gets. So those stacked on top of each other. Vukub Kame is hoping that he can catch his brother super weak and that he can kill him possibly for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been planning this for a while. He's kind of got it set up that there's this like convergence point in Baja, California, where he's going to be able to accomplish his end goal of of killing his brother and kind of returning to the old ways and having everyone worshiping them again. And we kind of we we find out that you know it's not gonna be pretty. Whatever happens, if he does gain control, that's gonna be kind of like death and destruction and darkness all around. If he does. Mm-hmm. So. Yeet. Yeah. Yeah. So they get to El Paso. Mm-hmm. And they meet with a witch who requires seven drops of Cassiopeia's blood. Yes. To summon Weichivo. Or to... Mm-hmm. S- right? Uh, so that so that she can, like, do the address. So that she can give them the Weichivo's address. Yeah. And this is, like, 
super taxing for Cassiopeia because as like at this point she's given so much of her essence to Hunkame that she's getting pretty for ill. Like Yeah, constantly having she's headaches. She's having to sleep a lot. Not mm-hmm. feeling great. But yeah, you know what she She's given so much of herself, she continues to give. She she gives the blood, they get the address. She, while she's asleep, she's also dreaming and she's, like, walking the road to Shibaba and sees Fukukame and is getting very freaked out yeah. by these things. And meanwhile, Hunkame, as he continues to become more and more human, is starting to forget things like his brother, his palace things that he should know from his godly life he's not quite able to grasp as easily anymore mm-hmm. yep but you know what martin martin has made it to baja california <laughs> so yes he has on the wings of an owl <laughs> <laughs> and he meets with anibal zavala mm-hmm. <laughs> one one of the sorcerers and you know what he's going to be taught all about the Shadow Roads, because uh, he and Cassiopeia are going to have to race the roads to battle for the gods. They're going to become the champions of each of these mm-hmm. gods, and it'll be a race that will determine the fate of everything. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, Martine. Oh, Martine. He, he he does it. He's He's trying, kind of. He's still whiny. <laughs> super petulant Mm -hmm. like it's just so amazing that he's not killed it like during any like he just constantly is back talking Kame and even zavala like it's just amazing that they don't just murder him but they do need him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's the only reason why he's alive yeah it's crazy there was no other person they could get (laughs) i know (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, Martin. But uh, Hunkame and Cassiopeia, you know what? They make it to the Y Chivo's house. They're kind of looking through his things. And then he shows, uh, then he shows up. He's, he's wearing the necklace that they were coming to get. But you know what? He's also a, a sorcerer. So he starts throwing fireballs around, captures them in this net of fire. But again, Hunkame, even though he's losing his god-like powers and essence, he, he still has some of it, so he's still, you know, able to do illusions. Tricks this guard into thinking that he had already escaped, you know, had Cassiopeia put on, like, a little performance. Yeah. You know, pretend <laughs> that I got out. <laughs> uh, but they do, so then they, they're able to... Uh, I mean, they pull the poor... Not poor. I, I don't know if the guard is poor. Do we feel sorry for the guard? The guard gets pulled into the fire. <laughs> I don't know. They're like, he's so innocent. I'm like, he kind of made that trap, too, didn't he? The guard? Yeah, I thought he helped, was one of the two source like oh, henchmen that helped. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, I agree with that. I didn't write that part down in my notes. I just wrote guard, and so when I saw guard, I was like, "Oh, I feel sympathy for just some poor random guard who was hired by this uh, sorcerer." But if it's one of the like helper dudes, <laughs> yeah, I think he was one of the helper dudes, and he just stayed behind to watch them. Okay, but yeah, that's they... what I told myself at least when they pulled him <laughs> over the flames. Not some poor human. <laughs> To like, they like used his body to pull yeah, out to the, the wipe out. 
Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Um, yeah, but... this novel is like shockingly graphic sometimes. But like yeah. it's like like kind of casually graphic too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they make it. They make it to the sorcerer's room. They fight some wooden goats. Then they fight the sorcerer as a goat. And you know what? Eventually, they they get the necklace and leave. <laughs> they murder him. That. They yes. They defeat him, murder him, get the necklace and leave. Yeah. Well, and you know what? That guard... Okay, so Cassiopeia was really, like, on Hunkame to, like, not murder anyone. But, mm. okay, so number one, I think that guard is dead, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, And number two, Wei Chibo is dead. Yeah. But for him, Hunkame was like, well, you know, Vukukame is definitely going to bring him back to life. <laughs> But they definitely defeat Vukub Kame before he brings yeah. him back to life. And I don't think Hunkame is, like, going to bring him back to life. <laughs> I hadn't thought of Te- that, but yes. That's a technicality, but I, you know. And I, I don't think at the end of the novel that she's thinking about him at all. I oh, think no. she forgot about him, too. Yeah, probably. It's fine. He's evil. It's fine. But, uh, it's fine. Casualty of war, I guess. <laughs> But there is an angry brother out there in Anibal Zavala. Yeah. Training Martine. Training Martine <laughs> to run the maze. He's out there because he does not die by the end of this. Spoiler mm. alert. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they can move on to Baja. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, Hunkame and Cassiopeia, they have some more conversations. You know, they're getting closer, almost kiss, start thinking Ooh. about what life will be after all of that. Because this is kind of that thing in the back of their minds this entire time is, you know, Hunkame currently is human. But, you know, when he does become a god, he's not going to be able to be with her. That's just not how it how it works. So they kind of have that in the back of their mind this entire time where it's like, okay, but they are they have feelings for each other. They care about each other. They're starting to care about each other really deeply. But he is a god and he's going to, if they succeed, be a god again. Well, and I actually have a question about this. Mm. So Shatabai, so she was a spirit. So she yes. was a ghost. That became very powerful. So she's dead, technically. I think so, yeah. But he was going to turn... Well, Vukubkame was going to turn her into a god and make her queen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that could have all been a lie and something that could never have been possible. Right. I'm just thinking if, like, that's something that could happen in the future for Cassiopeia if she wanted to be with... Hunkame. I don't know. I don't she does know. Have power. Yeah, yeah. But she'd have to be a ghost, and it doesn't sound like everyone becomes ghosts. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds complicated. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely complicated. I I don't know if they would do that, even with how much they like each other. I don't know, because he's very much trying to, you know, get his empire back in in line and, and not really go yeah. beyond what powers they're supposed to 
have and what they're supposed to do. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does say, like, once he's a god, his heart goes and mm-hmm. he's a completely different being you know he's not a person right he wouldn't he wouldn't have the same feelings he wouldn't be able to express himself in the same way and Mm -hmm. so i don't know if she would even if that even would be a good match anymore just because he wouldn't be able to have he just wouldn't be able to have those feelings for her anymore though i don't know that is an interesting idea because that does make me think of like asexual and aromantic relationships like companionship yeah But that might not be what she's looking for. Yeah. But I'm not really sure. It doesn't really dive into that. I do not know. But yeah, just some more with Bukukame and Martin and his training or whatever (laughs) he's doing. uh, It's going, but... It's going. But it's like, you know what? Try talking to Cassiopeia again. You know what? Be kind to her. Make her realize that, you know, she's on the wrong side. She Mm -hmm. should be on our side. It'll be great. Even though Vukukame knows that she's super infatuated with Humkame at this moment. um, And that Humkame also seems to be having some type of feelings going on. He's like, no. Like, give it one more try, Martine. Clearly, you won't fail me again. I don't know. I kind of feel like he assumes Martine will fail. I don't think anybody ever thought Martine would succeed at anything in this book. Oh, for sure. Even the grandfather was probably like, I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye, Martine. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Ugh, God. But they arrive and Martine really does act like a bellboy for them. And... (laughs) It's nice to see uh, him grovel a little bit, just even if he does want something and that's mm-hmm. why. It's nice to see. Mm-hmm. They've made it to this hotel, Vukukame's hotel, the one that he's like purposefully built for this moment. Yes. Uh, and uh, they start to realize like, hold on, okay, this this hotel seems to be serving the same purpose as a pyramid without actually being a pyramid it's just like thrumming with all of this potential mm-hmm. and so Hunkame is like yeah no my brother is definitely planning on killing me and i think yeah throughout the book because like you were saying cassiopeia didn't really want Hunkame to do a lot of killing but she especially did not want him to kill his brother even though his brother was set on killing oh, yeah. him and had already proven like hey i'm willing to chop you up into pieces to get what i want uh, so mm-hmm. Hunkame is like, no, I should get my revenge. I clearly need to kill him. And she's like, no, no, I don't think we need to do it that way. Yeah. She's just like, that's just petty. Like, you're just being petty, uh, planning to kill him like that. And I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and he's like, well, wouldn't you kill Martine if given the chance because of everything that he's put you through? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I wouldn't kill Martine. I just want to be away from him, you know? Mm-hmm. She also kind of feels for Vukukame because it almost seems like he was in a similar position to her with Martine, mm-hmm. where you got like Hunkame was the one in charge and he was the one uh, doing everything and not not listening to Vukukame, not really caring for his his thoughts, his ideas, and just kind of pushing him to the side and having him like under his boot uh, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she's just like, that's not a great existence to be in. 
Like, no, he probably shouldn't have done what he did to you, but also he wasn't in a great position to begin with. And I think also kind of learning about all of the different gods and and what's going on in Jibalba, like, there's very much that idea of balance. Like, pretty much everybody has, like, a twin. (laughs) And Mm so Vukokame and uh, Hunkame, you know, they are the twins, so they do kind of need to be in balance with each other for everything to truly work. Yeah. So... The purpose of this temple is to connect Shibalba to Baja from the Yucatan to Mm -hmm. make the power grow stronger throughout Mexico um, so that they can travel throughout that entire length and have power Mm -hmm. instead of just being confined to that peninsula. And that's part of it. And also to try and bring their power forcefully back to the middle world um and force humans to worship them again Mm -hmm. and this would mean like ritual sacrifice filling the cenotes with uh gold and bones and bodies you know and everything again so that's partly why uh it seems like at this point it's mostly cassiopeia who's like we need to really stop this yeah who's reminding hunkame like this is bad. We need to stop this. Because at this point, Hunkame is like, well, maybe we don't need to stop this. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they aren't really presented with that choice yet. Because mm-hmm. Martine pulls Cassiopeia aside and tries once more to get them to meet, at least her to meet with Fukukame. Mm-hmm. And Hunkame is like, oh my god, my brother's here. Like, yeah, I want to meet with him. And so they both go back to their room where Vukubkame is waiting for them, I believe. And he kind of presents them with ultimatums Mm. about how this is going to play out. And, you know, of course, the race is one choice. Uh, Cassiopeia and Martine can race to uh, the world tree in Shibalba. And whoever gets there first wins the underworld mm-hmm. or their god um and then choice number two is actually kind of a generous choice i think buku kame is just kind of like well i don't know it's kind of backwards but he's like i can kill both of you <laughs> and raise you both as mortals but you both have to pledge yourself to me of course mm-hmm. and raise you both as mortals you won't remember that you're a god hunkame which is fine and so that you'll never come try and reclaim your throne again yeah and um then you guys can live happily ever after together and i get my kingdom so it's a win-win and i think those are the only two choices that i i think so yeah 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 i mean mainly he because i I think it's like you said with the he'll kill them both but like to do that he is like you know you do have to cut off your hand (laughs) cut off your hand yeah kill yourself, offer yourself as a sacrifice to me, mm-hmm. then Hunkame will offer himself to me, and then I can yeah. bring you both back as mortal. So yeah, she's like, mm, I need I need an hour to think about this. This is kind of a really big decision here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, uh, Hunkame is like, okay, let's go to the sea. My brother doesn't really have dominion over here. We'll be able to ch- talk without him really, really spying on us this time yeah she's like yep. okay hunkame you've got a plan he doesn't 
No. Just the two options that Vukub Kame had. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're going to die if you do the race. For sure. Shibalba is a scary place. So, but, you know, like, I kind of have feelings for you. So, like, maybe this mortal stuff is kind of... Let's do it. Could be nice. And she's like, uh, lots of people are going to die. And he's like, we could just go far away from all this stuff and not think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh, I'm not really cool with that. <laughs> yeah, she's not. Again, I think this kind of shows how he's just been this god living in his kingdom all this time and not in the real world. Because she's like, yeah. no, the people here are <laughs> important. We yeah. can't just say, like, yes, let all the blood and destruction happen here. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just so that we can have a happy ending. I know, right? Plus, she's like, well, we started this mission. Like, let's finish it. Mm -hmm. Like, we started with a purpose. We need to wrap this up. Like, we need need to wrap this up, for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I don't know. He was a little sad about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, in this moment, he he wants her to, you know, give him a name. Like, he could die and open his eyes again. He'd remember that name. And she, mm-hmm. she does have a name in her mind for him, but she's like, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell him. We're not going to do this. That's not, that's not the choice we're making right now. It's just, yeah. unfortunately, that's not how it's going to work out for us. Mm-hmm. Francisco. So. Yep, time, time to walk the road. The and Martine road. gets attacked by monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that part. <laughs> I just like, we get these like flashes of what Martine's going through. And even though he's practiced this and, he, you know, he's kind of moving with a little bit of, you know, authority and like knowing what he's doing, but still... Like, He's just attacked by monkeys. Yes. <laughs> the monkeys just are like pelting him with rocks. And he's yeah. like, what? <laughs> oh, he's still winning, but mm-hmm. he still sucks. <laughs> yeah. Cassiopeia uh, comes to a crossroads, remembers that the roads should be listening to her, that things in, in on the road should be listening to her. So, you know, she demands to be taken to the palace. She goes, she ends up taking, like, a brief rest near this, like, pillar statue thingy, but it's not. It's a bat. It's just a sleeping bat. Yes. <laughs> and then there are some snakes that start talking to her, like, ooh, give us your bracelet that you got from Hunkame, the only thing that you would have to remember him by after all of this is done. But you know what? Give it to us. We'll try and distract the bat. It's not going to work for long, but we'll do our best to get the bat to follow us instead. And poor Cassiopeia, she just truly loses everything throughout this book. Oh my gosh, for Has real. to sacrifice so much, but she does. She does sacrifice and and give her, her bracelet uh, and attempts... <laughs> They attempt their plan. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't work for long. <laughs> no. <Ugh>. Yeah. <laughs> the bat immediately hears her footsteps as she run yeah. past, runs past and starts chasing her. <laughs> and so this is a terrifying creature. And so she does not want to have to battle it at all. 
and she dives under some pillars. The bat's like gnawing at these pillars. Eventually, she does find one of these shadow portals, mm-hmm. which is like a shortcut on the black road. And it transports her to another section of the road. And luckily, the bat does not follow her. Yes. But there are many horrors ahead. (laughs) Yes. Including, I think the next obstacle was like some sort of tooth amphitheater or something. Oh, gosh. I don't remember. The Um, tooth pillars or something that smelled of decay. And they were like gnashing at her. Uh, I don't know. She got past it, though. Yeah. (laughs) Martin's still going, but, you know, Vukovkame is now talking to him. It's like, you gotta kill Cassiopeia. Yeah. Like, you really, because she's she's doing a little too well. Like, you really need to find her and just just kill her. Like, yeah. that's what really what we gotta do now. Um, mm-hmm. But Martin, you know what? He does catch up to her, and he tries he tries to just, like, convince her. Like, please don't continue on. And I'm truly not sure. Like you said, he's very sniveling. So I do wonder if it's more that he just didn't think he could kill her as opposed to wanting to save her. Because I think those are two very different things. I think he was a coward. Yeah, I, I don't know that it really came from a place of sympathy for him and more just that he just wasn't able to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think if he was more courageous than I think he would have just done it Mm because I think it would have solved a lot of problems for him yeah yeah he he does try to attack her with the knife kind of fails and then just kind of pushes her off the road which was one of those things like don't leave the road and and now she's been forced off the road so hey you know this is an instant where she didn't leave the road immediately she actually stayed on the road most of the time she made it to the city surrounding the Jade Palace. There we go. Before she was pushed <laughs> off the road. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that went against convention. There we go, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. She's like getting visions of what her life would have been like if she had never left home. You know, growing old, dying of old age, like... But then she realized, like, no, this isn't quite, this isn't the path I took. This isn't what happened. So I'm not going to let that be my end. So now we've got her again, like, contemplating, do I, do I cut off my hand and kill myself? Like, Vukukame kind of told me to do. But then she turns it around and changes the script. She does. Yes. She, she, before she does anything, instead of pledging herself to Vukukame, she pledges herself to Hunkame, and then mm-hmm. she just slits her throat. Yeah, pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. And a huge risk. I mean, I guess you're already in the underworld, and you've fallen off the path. She can kind of sense where Martine is, like, and she can tell that he's getting closer to the Jade Palace. Mm-hmm. He's kind of lost in the city streets at this point, but he's still making progress. And all the while, um, the gods are back in the hotel in the middle world. And they have like an ash representation of the map and they can see where they are as well. So they know everything that's going on. And at this moment, it doesn't really show the reactions, but... I kind of wanted to know what it was, like, when she slit her throat. Like, Right. Yeah, I was curious about that. 
Yeah. Like, did, at this point, did um, Vuko Kame know she had pledged herself to Hunkame? Or did she, did he think that she had done the thing for him? I don't know. I I almost wonder if he was more focused on Martine and how close and yet how dumb he was to not be able to fight. He was so lost in that city. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, maybe because he had pushed her off the road, they couldn't see her on the map. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, then uh, Jibaba itself like draws Hunkame, uh, Zavala, Martine, Vukokame, all of them to the world tree. So it's almost like, well, okay, so Martine, he's made it to the world tree. But then there's like this lake there, and uh, we learn that the great Kaiman uh, is like carrying her in its mouth. Mm-hmm. And so then they're like, okay, well. Technically, she got here first. <laughs> yeah. And she pledged herself to Hunkame. Mm-hmm. So so I'm thinking that when he pushed her off the path and the lake that she wandered into, that was the lake that surrounded the world tree. Yeah. And she just didn't realize it. Like, the path just transported their, her there because it knew who she was. Mm-hmm. And what her intention was. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's um, what I'm thinking. But yeah, Hunkame is able to to heal her wounds. And Vukukame gives his brother his eye back. Like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the last piece. And it's like, okay, what do we do with Martine? Just dumb Martine <laughs> over there. <laughs> Beat him to like, the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> just, just let him... Just let him go home. It'll be, yeah. it'll be fine. And then, and then Vukokame is pretty. I mean, he offers himself up for vengeance. Like, yeah, like you won, brother. Okay, I know yeah. what happens next. My turn in the box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, he spares his life shockingly Mm -hmm. i guess we learned that he still has his heart for a little bit longer it hasn't completely gone yet Mm -hmm. so um i think he makes that decision with his heart but still beating for just a little bit longer yeah and vukub kame has his life spared you know i don't know i hope they get along right well yeah i like hunkame specifically says you know that i cannot perpetuate a cycle of sorrows any longer yeah and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like okay we're starting afresh we need this balance our realm needs this balance let's just things will be different i won't I feel like he's kind of learned his lesson a little bit, uh, and he'll probably take this with him even once his he's no longer has his humanity, where, you know, okay, I won't just have you as, like, my servant any longer. Like, yeah. we will be that balanced. We will be equals in this, but I'll still be the ruler. But we'll be equals. <laughs> but I'll be the ruler. <laughs> Typical oldest sibling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> we'll be friends, but mm, I'm still the king. 
<laughs> yeah, Funkame takes Cassiopeia to to the border of of his realm. You know, tells her that she'll return soon. He'll be a god again. Um, that his mortality has come to an end, and with it, so like his heart as well. And he pulls out the bone shard. Yeah, finally, I would have been like, uh, take this out now, <laughs> now, please. Yeah. <laughs> everyone stop talking take this out (laughs) i don't want this anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't forget about me (laughs) yeah and so then she's just sent to her hotel room alone yeah all alone his stuff is still in his hotel room so sad yeah but you know who's really sad? Martine. Martine. <laughs> He's crying. Cassiopeia <laughs> finds him just crying and she apologizing. She just hears the crying <laughs> and is like, who's crying? <laughs> and and she is, she's fairly kind to him in that, like, you know, you don't have to go back home either. I'm not, I'm not planning on going back home you don't have to go back home. It seems like home kind of messed you up, even though you were in a much more privileged like position than I was. But you know what? You seem like you're having a rough time, you poor man, yeah. you. Um, <laughs> but you don't need to subject yourself to that. Oh, my God. You can carve out something for yourself. Like, that's her plan. Um, yeah. Gosh, Martine. <laughs> like, what? You want me to hold your hand and, like... I don't know. I'm not bringing you back home, but I'll call you a cab, I guess. Like, what What do you want? He does give her some money. That's nice. Yes. But yeah, they, I they... Mean, <laughs> very bare I don't know if I would... I don't know if I would accept it if I were her. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Martine. But yeah, they, they, go, they go in separate directions. And you know what? Cassiopeia is like, perfect. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then Loray picks her up. <laughs> yeah. The demon from the beginning of the book with his raven. Yeah. You know, he's, he's able to leave. He was, he was stuck there before, trapped there before, but he's able to leave now. Hunkame did keep his promise about letting him be able to travel the Black Road again. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? Hunkame, like, had thought about her and was like, hey, you know what? She might need someone to drive her around. That was her big thing. She wanted to be able to, like, explore and see what was out there. So he's like, here, take Loray the demon with you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And he also does, at one point, she, they, I don't know if he was the one who brought it, somebody, either Hunkame, I, like, talked about how he was going to give her black pearls, and so he also had sent along these black pearls for her. So, like, here you go. Mm -hmm. This is your other gift. Um, But, yeah, I I really do like the idea of her and (laughs) Lorraine, the demon, just in a car together going on adventures. I know. A really odd pair. And she immediately wants to drive. Yeah. and he's like, uh, well, you've never driven before. And she's like, the road is just straight. I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Lorraine's there, like, drinking from a flask. And Cassiopeia's like, what are you doing? But it, she's saying that because he's driving with one hand and not because oh, yeah. he's drinking from a flask. Exactly. <laughs> You're driving with one hand? <laughs> 
I love like, this ending so much. <laughs> it was such a cute ending. I really like them driving just off in the sunset. Her driving off in the sunset. I imagine <laughs> swerving. <laughs> yeah. On their way to go somewhere where people speak French for Luray. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, New Orleans or Quebec. Either will work. <laughs> yes. So they're yep. just off on their adventure. It was really sweet. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like the best possible ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like some people would have really wanted her and Hoon Kame to find a way to be together. But I also, I mean, throughout the book, we're just continually told about like how he is a god and just the way he is and the power he holds and just the way things work that it wouldn't necessarily work out between mm-hmm. them. Also, she's pretty young. He's pretty old. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, but when he turned mortal, he was like twenty. <laughs> I think they mentioned at one they point. Did, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of okay. <laughs> but no, I like because then she gets to do what she had wanted to do, which was explore the world. So mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I do too. And who knows? Um, I don't know anything about Lorraine, but maybe they become a quirky, cool pair. Who knows? That'd be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) That is kind of interesting, though. Like, (laughs) the idea that a demon will have more humanity than (laughs) the god. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's also centuries old, probably. Oh, probably. You know. For sure. It is what it is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well... We have come to the end of Gods of Jade and Shadow. Uh, recommendations time, Christina. What do you oh, recommend? No. <laughs> I didn't even think of any. <laughs> okay, of course I have to recommend... Black Sun by Rebecca Rowanhorse. Of course I have to. It's also come out recently. It's also very much kind of, kind of, uh, well, it's a fantasy novel set in like, uh, how do I put this? A pre-Columbian Americas. <laughs> Thank you. Pre-Columbian Americas. <laughs> I was Fantastic. also going to recommend Black Sun. So I have. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I have it written out. <laughs> Just in uh, case thank you, you forgot. <laughs> thank you. Oh, wait, look, it does say pre-Columbian yeah. Americas. <laughs> oh, that's in the description of the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's set in a pre-Columbian Americas and uh, definitely a fantasy novel that involves a lot of traveling adventure on the high seas and jungles. Uh, a lot of interesting characters. Uh, I'm sure Hannah can speak to it more and say lots <laughs> more things about it that are way better. But Not much. I really You're doing great. <laughs> I really loved this novel and I read it like a month ago and it, it really like pumped me up to read this book as well. Mm. And um I can't wait for the next one because it's the yeah. first in a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the opening of that book is quite something. Hopefully you're not too squeamish if you do oh, yeah. decide to yeah. dive into that book. It's 
it's a very i mean it catches your attention the the beginning of that book so yes it'll definitely leave you wanting to continue or i mean it might leave you too squeamish to continue but if it doesn't you're gonna want to continue to be like what is going on i guess uh content warning ritual mutilation yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep it's good yeah it's really good it's really good um loving all of these novels about central mesoamerica nice yeah all of them i recommended one we read one that's two so many (laughs) so many (laughs) nice all right hannah what are your recommendations so I was also going to say Black Sun. Uh, and then my other one, I've actually already recommended this before. So I do apologize. That's fine. I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, but it just fits so perfectly with this book, too. Um, so I would also say Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. Uh, again, the story is about a trans teen named Yadriel who wants to prove to his family that he can gain and use the magic of a brujo, uh, just like all the other men in his family. And to prove it, he calls forward a ghost. Uh, but then he ends up stuck with the ghost while he tries to solve mm. the mystery of his cousin's disappearance and likely death. Uh, so this is another story that combines Aztec and Mayan legends. So you'll see similarities in the mythos and the gods that are presented in Cemetery Boys to those in gods of jade and shadow nice. so yeah and cousins <laughs> more cousins <laughs> the cousins <laughs> the cousin the the cousin mystery is important but it's also kind of more of a back burner thing it's <laughs> oh. <laughs> we don't we don't have a martine who's just being sad the whole time <laughs> type of character in sad that martine <laughs> All right, then. Uh, Christina, what are we reading next time? Next time, we're reading She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. This is going to be a bold, queer, and lyrical reimagining of the rise of the founding emperor of the Ming dynasty from an amazing new voice in literary fantasy. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Nice. More to come definitely excited yeah all right well all of our contact information can be found in the show notes thanks for joining in on our discussion until next time don't forget to treat yourself <laughs> <laughs>